Larissa. Hey, Lauren. This is Into the Wormhole, and we are here <laughs> to talk about Star Trek. Yay! I already said our names, but yes. it's Larissa and Lauren of Into the Wormhole. <laughs> I'm Lauren Lowen, and this is Captain... Larissa Maestro! What's up? All right. <laughs> ah, so uh, we sometimes talk about doing some topics on the show, but I wonder if this one truly is unique. Yeah. I think it's safe to say that there are more men podcasting than women. I don't mean that in a weird way. No. Um, I mean, <laughs> if you look at the numbers. <laughs> yeah. And, and most now podcasters are men and most podcasters are white men. That's just how the world is. Especially in Star world. Trek. Yeah. yeah. And again, like. And again, Star Trek. Nerd I don't world. think I'm saying anything that's going to shock anyone. No. But uh, we are actually going to talk about um, pregnancy and birth in Star Trek because we thought it would be fun to have a maternity episode. Because surprise! Uh, after the very first episode, I found out I was pregnant. Yay! So we are two female Star Trek fans. One of them is expecting, and we're going to talk about the pregnancy representation, I guess, Yeah, in Star Trek. Maybe not all of them in detail, but yeah, that's our, our inspiration for today. So if you guys remember, in the very first uh, like teaser episode we did, which is like, I think, 20 minutes, right? Yeah, Lisa? it's a short one. We have like a, a, oh no, I'm sorry. It's not even that. We did it for transporter accidents. Oh yeah, transporter accidents. Because we had the drinking game with Tuvix. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh um, my God. I forgot about that. So we like, we, yeah, we did that. We had our little Gatorade Frost uh, Warp Core cocktail or something. <laughs> I definitely looked forward to having more of that, but we stopped and it wasn't just, you know, random. It was because I found out, I found out I was pregnant. So yep. I thought, okay, well. That's not going to happen for a while. Um, so, yeah, this whole time we've been recording, I've been slowly getting bigger and bigger <laughs> and bigger. And I'm I'm five weeks out from my due date. So, yay! It's, yeah, it seemed like a good time. If I'm not going to have a baby shower because of the pandemic, then, hey, I'm going to have a podcast episode <laughs> where I talk about pregnant Star Trek characters. <laughs> I love it. This episode of Into the Wormhole brought to you by Lauren Lowen's pregnancy. Yes. <laughs> Feel free to send her gifts. Future little Trekkie here. Oh, wait, hang on. I stopped for some. Oh, no, I didn't. I didn't stop recording. Everything's fine. I'm just panicking. Okay. That's, that's like the motto of 2020. <laughs> Everything's fine. I'm just panicking. It's so And true. pregnancy, obviously. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, so yeah. So I, um, this is, this is really exciting. Um, so there is actually one, only one other podcast episode that I could find where people talked about pregnancy on Star Trek. And that was women at warp, which I, I makes kind sense. Of assumed. Yeah. which makes sense that they would be, because they would be the only people that would talk about it. Yeah. When I just tried like uh. pregnancy or like maternity Star Trek, Women at Warp had a, someone did a kind of a guest article like you did, Larissa. Yeah. About uh, particularly Seska. Yeah. And how like that, that whole storyline maybe had some, eh, some troubling aspects of it from a storytelling. I mean, yeah. so just it was, a little bit. Just a little bit. Um, <laughs> it was 
Yeah. So seeing what I could find just on a sort of like blind search was was interesting but I didn't find much actually I thought for sure this may have been covered more yeah yeah there really isn't that much um like like really women at warp seemed like the only resource for people talking about this subject and I mean I understand uh why particularly male Star Trek fans wouldn't even think to talk about this because like (laughs) because like whatever you know but this this is something that especially when we first started talking about doing this episode, I was just like, oh my God, they were pregnant and they were pregnant and they were pregnant and they were pregnant too. And oh my God, there are so many pregnant people on this show. And the cat was pregnant. And the cat was, and Spot was pregnant. Like I, I I will just go through my list. I made a like comprehensive list. So we have, here are the people that were pregnant on, in the Star Trek franchise that I remember. And I probably left some stuff out. Okay. Deanna Troy, Keiko O'Brien, Kira Norris, Spot, Alyssa Ogawa, Bolana Torres, Samantha Wildman, Seska, Trip Tucker, Laurel, <laughs> Winona Kirk, Catherine Janeway, Amanda Grayson, Loxana Troy, Kess, Cassidy Yates, and Aline from Friday's Child. Those are oh. all the people. Those are all the people that I have on the list. And this is not me looking up who was pregnant on Star Trek. This is me like thinking in my brain who was pregnant on Star Trek. So those are all Damn. the people I could remember that were pregnant. Okay, you easily named like four or five characters that I totally forgot. Like, yeah. Um, Cassidy and I, I meant to bring up Luxana Troy. Yeah. She, yeah. Oh, and also because that episode is so wonderful. <laughs> I love- It's her last episode. Yeah, it's her last episode. <laughs> I love that um, episode. Which to quote you, are we ever going to talk about that again? Right? Are we ever going to? I was waiting so, in Picard I know. to does, be like. Does she have a kid sibling? Like she nope. would have a half brother. Yeah. Yep. Troy would have like a half brother. That would be kind of. Apparently a, not. A interesting. Yeah. But yeah, so many, so many characters, so many pregnant characters. And then on top of that, my sister reminded me of the TNG episode Galaxy's Child, where that is, big alien yes. in space has a baby. That then suckles on the Enterprise, and they have to figure out it's the episode where Leah Brahms comes back. I totally remember that. Yeah, yep. and that's always the great thing. Where uh, I mean, isn't that essentially like Cloverfield, where it's like, dear God, yeah, <laughs> it's just a baby. Like, and then the, the parent comes out and is like, <laughs> like hundred times bigger. Uh, um, yeah, we love a monster story. We love like a a big old like monster or alien that we don't understand that ends up just being a normal kind of animal. <laughs> we definitely have like, we have a few Star Trek fans who are parents, um, women who have given birth. Yeah. Me. And then like some outside people, which I'll be, I'll be interested to see what they say in their observations. Um, I definitely, as I was just casually catching up on some Star Trek months ago, obviously the child is like a very, pregnancy centric story and something that we've talked about talking about for a while in different ways for different themes um and then and then I kind of watched um Begotten from Deep Space Nine oh yeah absolutely yeah which if you if you uh listener need a reminder that is actually a wonderful just parent episode in general the main story is Odo finds a baby changeling and has daddy issues with Dr. Mora. <laughs> and then uh, the B story is is Kira 
Norris giving birth, which I think out of all the characters you mentioned, Larissa, Nana Visitor as Kira Norris, that was maybe the only storyline where the actress actually was pregnant and they had to write it into the show. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, and so every this other time the they literally hid the actress behind a big coat. You know, yes. like like when uh, Gates McFadden was pregnant, yes. they put on the coat. When um, Roxanne Dawson or- was pregnant, they put her in the coat. Like they're <laughs> they're just like put her in a coat. It's fine. Or um, uh, Sonequa Martin Green got pregnant. They took a break. They took okay. a, they took a long break from the show. Yeah. So they're doing their things are getting better than they were. <laughs> now it's like I want to take a break and I don't want to film, so I'm gonna take a fucking break because I'm the star of the show but it's it I guess to be, the, you gotta keep working I guess the episode the host I know you're a crusher girl so yes she was so the episode freaking- she's she's like I, I read the notes and she's like really I mean she's like in her th- her trimester by that point and she is so I always remember that episode because it just like opens in on her and Odan like yeah. the just, just like they're like just making, making out, out and the camera is so uncomfortably close on them and then when you read that, it's like, well, the, she was really pregnant, so they couldn't do like a zoom out shot. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, okay, that's oh. why. And I'm just trying to imagine this like giant belly between them. I know, God. Yeah, but the whole episode, she's behind desk and you're right, like the coat or just like those classic sort of like, we're going to hold a, a big bag in front of your belly and only show you from the shoulder. Right, up. right. But yeah, like the the begotten with uh, Kira and Odo. What I liked about... That one and the child was that, like, here's actually two episodes where there's a, a main focus on the actual childbirth, even though yes. we're definitely going to talk going to talk about or mention, like, other characters where, yeah, there were other maternity pregnancy yeah. issues, even if they weren't as big. But yeah. I definitely or even enjoyed... if they don't show the actual birth, like, like, they yeah. don't show Seska giving birth. They don't show Loxana giving birth. Like Belana's is actually very they for being barely such a main part that. of Voyager. It's just like an afterthought in the final episode, I think. Yeah, it's literally like the last thing that happened. You, yeah, you just hear like <laughs> crying over the the calm and it's like, "Oh, that happened." <laughs> <laughs> we made it um, back to Earth and there's a baby. Bye. So I thought it was really interesting not only TV, but also just thinking about it as someone who's been this is actually my second pregnancy. Um so just thinking about looking back at Star Trek, these episodes that I saw first when I was a, a kid or at least much younger in Deep Space Nine, um, and, and just thinking about how these were not only written just as TV, but also written as pregnancy in the future. Yeah, I am really interested to hear now that you are pregnant and have been pregnant and have given birth and have experienced it, like what you want technology to be able to do oh for my you, gosh. you know, like I, that is cause like the whole time, like I've, I've, I've had a miscarriage and I've had an abortion, but I've never given birth. So I've been pregnant before, but I've never had a baby. And I was, so I was just like watching these birth scenes and being like, couldn't they just I was like where's the technology like I want to see some tech happen where's the tech like where's the fancy because like here we we've got like fucking tricorders that can tell you exactly what's wrong with someone we've got dermal regenerators that can just fix your fucking problem fix your dislocated shoulder whatever all that shit everything's easy now how come we still have 
incredibly painful vaginal birth in the 24th century. Well, thank you. Because that's <laughs> one thing. Exactly. The same thing. Like people hold up like a cell phone to a brain and it's like, all right, the tumor's gone. The right? most like sci-fi it gets, it gets really intense because um, I think they're in a shuttle accident. Miles, Keiko, and Kira. Yeah. And what happens is Keiko is is you know like pretty far along. I think she's supposed to be in like her second trimester. Like she has a yeah, bump. She's showing. She has a bump. She's showing quite a yeah. bit. It's obvious she's pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll say like four or five months, just to you know throw that out there. Um. And so there's a shuttle accident. There's some trauma to Keiko. She's gonna lose the kid and. Bashir actually stimulates Kira's body to make all these hormones to prep her her womb and expand her and get her ready. And then he teleports Keiko's baby from one womb to another. Like, that's pretty intense. That's really intense. Star Trek-y medicine. That's, like, that's what you kind of expect, that's right? That's some fucking Star Trek shit. That's what I'm yeah. here for. That's what, that is what I'm fucking here for. But also... I watched that but, episode again. They don't ever say he never says he transported it. He never says that. He just oh said, God. "Yeah." And I was like, "Wait, but then how did you do it?" Like a like what? a C-section, reverse C-section? Like how? I'm assuming I, I I'm mean, assuming he you had have to, to do assume something like that. Because it happened in in like the runabout, right? Like yeah. they had so, so it had to be that. Like it's not like he could do full-on surgery in the <laughs> I'm so not confused. Be sanitary. I'm so <laughs> confused. It's like what else got into her belly? I think you're but, supposed um, to assume. Yeah. But I was, yeah. that was like me being a Trek nerd being like, excuse me. You didn't explain <laughs> I don't this. think so. You didn't explain this fictional thing. But <laughs> so they, like, there's a really intense sci-fi moments like that yeah. where it's like the future. Yeah. And then, and then yeah, like Bellana is still going to sick bay over false labor and right and and i'm sure like whatever like maybe the klingon human like but still but she's a klingon human hybrid there have been klingon human hybrids before there's definitely gotta be data and research like like this that was i was just like come on like no yeah (laughs) and it's just like to even today like my first pregnancy they they basically had a date for me if I didn't give birth by this point. I was just going to be like, you know, induced labor. And um, and it just seemed weird to be that far in the future. And it's like, really, they're still doing this? Yeah. And they have things like with Kira, like she wants to have a traditional Bajoran birth. I so love that. That's, that that's very cool. common. And I realize that's how they get kind of the drama and the humor in her episode. Like, yeah. Um, but, but at the same time, too, it's like. Fuck you, writers, because I guess Bajoran women, first of all, they don't get nauseous. They sneeze. Oh, my God. So my, it's like, oh, I would take that in a heartbeat. Thank you. My friend then, Sarah Wilfong, that's exactly what she said. She was like, I wanted to slap Kira every time she sneezed. <laughs> because right, she was yeah. like, she was like, I, I had like horrible morning sickness and I was like throwing up all the time. And like here Kira is just like, Achoo. oh, no, it's yes. so inconvenient. Achoo. They placed bets. I remember one episode of like how much she sneezes. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like that. Oh, Bajoran women, they don't get sick. They just sneeze. And I too, like both pregnancies, I had like three or four months where it was just constant. I mean, it's like a constant hangover. And the second time I'm also watching my toddler son in a pandemic. So it's just like, fuck my life. I mean, um, and and that's kind of a lot. That's kind of, (laughs) it's kind of a lot. 
But on top of that, like, of course, Bajoran women, um, their thing is that for a traditional birth, it's all about relaxation. So they yeah. just have to get really relaxed and listen to like a lot of Enya or whatever. Right. And, and then they give birth and it's fine and it's not painful. And then Troy's is um, an alien entity that, you know, I guess bestows the kindness of I'm going to be born by you, but I'll make it easier and not give you any pain. So she, of course, right. has a pleasant experience. In that really strange birthing chair thing. Did you notice that chair? I'm sure they did that because they just thought it'd be ridiculous to have, you know, sort of like her legs sprawled up. And yeah, I mean, to be honest, and again, I have never given birth, so I don't know physically how it works in your body. But like the way that it the chair looked actually looked like it made sense to me because the way that like you're sitting in a hospital bed when you're on your back, like you're not really letting gravity help you. Te- at yeah, all. technically it's not like the best position. Yeah. And that chair looked like it would be helpful. Kinda yeah. I, I wanna say that probably is a variation at the very least of something that is real. Um, you know, there are women who like do it standing up and they hold on the bars. Women can give birth in a bathtub. I yeah. mean there's so many like different ways. Oh, you like you can like Kess holding the bar? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but they get yeah, right, right, but but not out of their back, out of their <laughs> vagina. Oh God, that's right! I totally forgot about her <laughs> she pregnancy. Gives birth out of her back, which is oh. kind of interesting, actually. I'm, I was, I was fine with that. I thought that was fine. Gosh, yeah. <laughs> there's so many. There's so much. <laughs> um. So it's funny, like the person who probably has what we would consider one of the more like modern I mean current day versus like I feel like we need to give an honorable mention to, to Keiko yes yeah uh, oh we have, forward. we have to talk about this because this is my fucking favorite <laughs> <laughs> lead us in um this is and we have actually mentioned this episode several times over the course of our podcast because both of us love this episode it is disaster from TNG uh it's it's the same episode where there's the kid that is the uh, first officer in charge of radishes. It's the same episode where Troy has to take command of the ship because they're stuck on the bridge. Keiko is giving birth to Molly O'Brien in 10 forward. And the only one there to help her is Worf. And it is the shit. Because he is so, it's like, the he's the perfect person to be in that situation. Because he's like, yes. not now, Keiko. It's not a good time to have a baby. <laughs> and it then, is the ultimate fish out of water kind of scenario for, for comedy. It's wonderful. My favorite line is when he's like, congratulations, you're fully dilated to 10 centimeters. Yes. You may now give birth. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think I've been doing? Yes. But then and it's very... he's so like sweet and like very encouraging. Like when he's like, yes. push. Like, that was so... And she's like, I am pushing! But, like... Because isn't there a line? He's like, I must now, like, I must now calmly but firmly yes. encourage you to push. Push, Keiko. Push. <laughs> push. And that's when she loses it in a very oh, kind God. of... Oh, God. I it, love Yeah, it. Disasters is... Uh, we've talked about this before, but it's definitely the Star Trek writer's take on a 90s disaster film. Yes. Um, yes. All, all the ones that were happening, whether it was, like, Twister or the Volcano ones... Or even oh my like God, there's the, more than one the, volcano the, one. There's more I than know, one. There was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, um, Armageddon. They, you know, earthquakes. They had everything from, or even like the that like Godzilla one they mm-hmm. did with Matthew Broderick, where it was just like shit exploding and stuff. And and so the formula of those episodes is very much all these little story, all these little like character vignettes. And so yeah. one of them is the fact that when Enterprise is dead in the water. Keiko is stuck in 10 forward. By the way, just come throw this out there. I feel like Keiko has, out of the maternity wear yeah. department, she's got a snazzy little look going on. Yeah. It feels very futuristic, but I'm like, I'd wear that. Absolutely. Um, I mean, we just she- should give like a little, some little props to Rosalind Chow's <laughs> outfits on these shows. <laughs> right. <laughs> It's almost like she's the woman who's giving birth in a taxi while they're yes. zooming away from Godzilla or a tsunami or, you know, stuck in an elevator. Like, she's meant to be the, yeah, that yeah. character from mm-hmm. those films. And so it does feel very, you know, 1994 or whatever. Yeah. Um, where yeah. she has, like, this birth and, and Worf, of course, is delivering and thinks he's prepared because he's done this. On the holodeck, because he's, right? Uh, as as uh, somebody on on Women at Warp said, like something about like he's watched some YouTube videos, and so he's. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it. nailed it. Like it's like the side by side comparison. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh god, that perfect. one I love because one of the things that I definitely read my first time being pregnant was that like pregnancy, although it can happen quick, especially after you've had your first kid, is quick is still like two to three hours. Mm-hmm. I feel like. Um, like your first time, it's crazy because the doctors will tell you like you're gonna feel some stuff, and it might take like a whole day for you your body to actually be ready to go into labor. So yeah. you know you should go and have lunch with your friend or go for a walk with your dog. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh! And so one of the things <laughs> you always read about TV and movies is that it really is like Keiko's just like in a matter of 30 seconds like whoo I'm having contractions I'm ready to go like <laughs> we're gonna have a baby and yeah. it's like it does not happen like that that's not <laughs> how it works you guys uh just so everyone knows this is fiction <laughs> <laughs> these are not actual depictions of birth uh, I did. I did really because because like as we said earlier, like I was like, excuse me, where's all the fucking tech? Why are all these births just painful vaginal births? This is one where I like I get it, you know, like you can't get to sick exactly. bay. I totally understand. Like you you've set up a a situation in which this is acceptable to me because it's believable. <laughs> like yes. like otherwise I'm like, why is she screaming so much? Like, somebody help her. Where's the doctor? Or just where's the... I mean, I'll be honest, too. Like, it's just like, what about an epidural? I I had an epidural. And I even referenced Star Trek when I went to one of my classes because they had this chart we had to fill out. And it kind of mentioned... It was to help couples determine if both... um, And I don't want to say, you know, obviously single parents can have a child too yeah um but most most people as odo has proven where's there's a dot we don't want to like yeah you know surrogate uh, uh, adoption changelings can have a little child yeah you can apparently according to data you can build your own child now as well yeah (laughs) truly like yes yeah so we definitely want to be all inclusive and say there are many forms of parenting and but like as far as vaginal birth goes and like traditional human vaginal birth is what we're talking about <laughs> in this case yeah. in this case like a, in particular there's a there, so they gave me like a chart and it was determined if like both people involved were 
on the same page as far as like how much they wanted to rely on natural processes versus uh, interesting. Um, like any sort of like drugs or surgery. Like how, how far do you want to go before you call in a C-section, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And mine were all like, on the the side of the spectrum that was like dude like drug me i trust doctors <laughs> and i just remember telling keith like dude i'm a star trek fan like i believe in science and medicine yeah like, like that's what i want to do this has been researched i want them to do it <laughs> <laughs> yes. so i had an epidural which i thought was going to make me all kind of like loopy and i if people don't know like the epidurals today it literally is like an iv they put in your spine yeah and it just constantly drips a uh, painkiller it makes you numb from the waist down and it was crazy because I kind of thought I'd be it'd be like going to the dentist maybe where I was all loopy but yeah. I wasn't I was fully conscious like I am right here and but you just can't feel so, anything yes yeah and it was so strange like but I literally thought of the child yeah I was just like I feel fine I don't feel any pain <laughs> and and I'm like holy shit, I'm going to have to talk to Larissa. I'm literally yes. like giving birth. I'm going to be like, I'm going to have to call Larissa <laughs> and tell her it's exactly like Troy and the child. Like, <laughs> I didn't feel any pain. For real. That's how we can, we can just, instead of thinking of the child as like the sort of disaster that it is, why don't we just think of it as a depiction of what it's like to give birth when you've had an epidural. <laughs> And your ex kind of just like decides he's gonna come in and what watch the you fuck? give birth. Riker, get and, the fuck out of there. And she's like, Were you there the whole time, you cheeky bastard? No. And it's like, dude. Uh his, well, that, so it, that's like early in their relationship too. Like they haven't really developed that that like they're they're just like best friends. You know, he's still just like kind of her ex boyfriend at this point. And like the whole his whole attitude toward her pregnancy is so it's weird. Uncomfortable. Because they were writing it from the perspective that he's a jealous ex-boyfriend instead of how they could have done it, which is they're still best friends and he's her best friend and he could be there for her and be like, are you okay? Like, this is a scary thing that happened to you. You didn't even know that this was happening. Can I do anything to help you? And then he would have been invited. You know what I'm saying? So can we... Talk a little bit more about the child then. Okay. I feel like maybe. Yes. Um, I feel like the child and uh, talking about Kira and then. Are the main ones. Are the main ones. But then I also do want to talk about Samantha Wildman. Oh, of course. Yeah. And I'm I'm curious too because I kind of gave you the homework to be like, you come back with that recon. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And I. <laughs> I I watched I watched that shit because I, I don't because I don't remember like her. Yeah. Birth, yeah, yeah, so yeah. I just okay. remember there's like spikes and I'm like, how do you do that with all the spikes? Um, so many, so many yeah. times that things were glued to babies on this show. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> oh, the Borg babies. Oh, the Borg babies! I was like, those poor kids. I know. The drawers, the Borg drawers. I know. Borg drawers. This little Borg oh womb gosh. drawer. <laughs> so yeah, it's so a womb okay. room. Oh, oh, thank God they, they gave me. up on that. Um, <laughs> I although know. we technically see like one more drone, drone or Borg baby, and with one from Voyager, but still yeah, that doesn't count. Where as, they make like, a they make a baby from the doctor's uh, ho- uh mobile emitter, and they don't even seven, mean to. It they, just it kind just of happens. Like, yeah, Anyways. that was weird. That was very weird. So we have the child, which is yeah, season. 
season two was the first episode of season two. And so it's kind of fun because there were a lot of changes. They got more money. Um, they We have Pulaski. Riker has his beard. Isn't this also Guinan's first episode? It is. It's Guinan. And I mean, you talked about Pulaski, but I didn't realize until I read the notes that it's Guinan's first episode, too. So basically, Deanna and Pulaski meet in 10 Forward instead of Sick Bay because they want to introduce this set to the viewer and they want to introduce Guinan as well. That's the only reason why they're mm. in a bar talking about it instead of like why why are they in a bar why are they in a bar though i just don't understand well okay let's rewind a little bit because before what happens is um oh yeah sorry i want to talk to you about this we scene. gotta talk yeah. about we, sorry i'm getting ahead of myself let's talk about that happens before this <laughs> let's talk about deanna getting violated by a point of light Okay, yeah, so, <laughs> yes, because Troy, poor Troy, this woman has been violated. I mean, there's other characters, too, but Troy especially, like, yeah. And, uh, maybe mild spoilers for Picard, just FYI. Oh, yeah, I feel mild like, spoilers. Yeah. Also, like, m- like trigger warning, like, yeah, you know, like, this is not comfortable stuff to talk about. <laughs> because Troy has been, like, violated physically, mentally, she, we find out in Picard, she and Riker lost their first child, so it's like shit. Like, yeah, spoilers. Like this, this she loses this alien child too. So it's like she loses two children, and as someone who's also dealt with miscarriage, um, you know, it, it's it's just like oh god, like this poor woman, like, fucking poor Deanna. Like she's been like brain raped and space raped <laughs> and she's lost kids and she's like, what the hell, man? Like it's not yeah. fair. Like poor Deanna. So yeah, so Marina Sirtis, I know she was so happy to get this episode in theory because um she was worried actually about getting fired. She was worried Roddenberry was gonna fire her. And uh I think he told her at LeVar Burton's wedding. That may not be true. Maybe another wedding or like a party they had an industry party but they were at some sort of function and he was like guess who season two opens with and it's like it's gonna be a Troy episode and she was so happy because she was like yay I'm still on board yeah and I have the whole this is what she gets fucking this and it's it's problematic I have to admit as a kid I didn't really like pick up on how problematic this was. I didn't really like, understand what the hell was going on with this one. I, I remember being like, why is she all of a sudden? Pre-? Like, I didn't understand the. I didn't get the connection between the point of light. Yes. A thousand points of light. I didn't get it. <laughs> I didn't get a connection between the light and then the pregnancy. And then I was like, okay, and why does this, what is this kid talking about? And like, how come he doesn't understand pain? Like, I, I remember like being like, this is weird. I don't like it. You have a little glowing I remember light. being like, like Deanna's so pretty. This is weird. <laughs> <laughs> little little generic uh, sci-fi light goes yeah. floating around the ship and kind of like checks out some people, goes into Troy's room. And I think it's kind of an odd visual choice because in the world, again, of Star Trek and sci-fi, this thing could have just like fell on her forehead and yeah. like bloop, like caused her to glow. And then she wake up and be like, what happened? But instead they decide to have Ugh. the light literally go to the foot of her bed and like a creepy horse movie, like go from the foot of her bed under the sheets and like navigate up to her, uh, you know where I'm going, yeah, like area as if it was yeah. 
Yeah, and it's like well, it doesn't need to do that. There's a lot. Yeah, and then so she like wakes up like breathing heavily. Yeah, and, like, like oh my god. Ugh. Um, and then also speaking of the music, I definitely noticed they have. You probably have a word for it, but that kind of like violin, high strong, like yeah, tremolo. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's meant for like intense moments of suspense, yes. or like you see in horror movies and drama. And 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 I'm so like, why do they have to go such? Like, why do they have to sexualize that scene so much? Because I think exactly yes, we would obviously get that later if we were confused because they're going to have a meeting. It just seemed unnecessary. Yeah, and and then also to make it such a like creepy scene with the music. So that kind of is definitely one of the things you look back on and you're like, oh, come on. Yeah. And so she's impregnated by this glowing light. She's impregnated by a tiny point of light. And then the, <laughs> and then the whole senior staff has a meeting and talks about what she should do about it. And that that was like that was hard for me to watch rewatch. Um ah. like especially after um just the the recent news of RBG passing and oh gosh you're right talk about timing right and and like thinking about women's reproductive rights being like sort of back on the chopping block potentially and also being a person who has had an abortion I was 18 years old um but like I imagine and I was in a very supportive environment like with my family who was supportive of it with the exception of my then boyfriend's mother who was very upset about it um and very mean um, but other than that, like I had a, a group of people around me who were like, whatever you want to do, like we, we are, we are supporting you. We got you whatever you need. Um, I'm so lucky that I had that, but mm-hmm. like watching her, this person who like literally just got space raped and, uh, is, had no idea that she was pregnant is what is like sitting at a table with a bunch of people with her coworkers, one of whom is her ex-boyfriend and they're all talking about what sh- she should do with the baby without including her in the conversation. <laughs> and it's like, yes, she has to kind of like interrupt. She uh, has to be like, excuse me. Yeah, I herself. get to pick, I get to pick what happens Um, I will say, like, I do sort of understand Worf's point of view because, like, yes, this is definitely a security risk. We don't know anything about this alien. But, like, I do, and I also do appreciate that once she's like, hi, my body, my choice, I'm keeping the baby, that Picard's like, okay, end of discussion. Finished. Yeah, yeah, we should bring up that, like, there, and she's obviously in shock, I think, too. Um, Yeah, which is why, like, this whole, this whole, like, roundtable discussion in which she's not a part of i'm just like you guys could you like have some sensitivity and empathy in this situation like come on like look at her she's obviously having trouble like why are we doing this right now this is we definitely have to bring up the fact that you kind of alluded to where it's like we get that this is a a unknown alien presence and like for all we know in two weeks like Troy's abdomen is going to explode like it's a horror movie yeah and some you know it's going to be like Ripley and aliens where it's just like yep. it's gone across the ship and yeah! it's killing everyone so it's like we get that what they're trying to go for yeah, yeah. It, it, Troy goes in like a trance because Pulaski is explaining that it's like when she examines the baby it's not or the the fetus like 
it's completely beta betazoid in human, just like Troy. Like we're not seeing any evidence of alien yeah. DNA or tissue or anything like that. So she says, as far as I can tell, it's just like if she was normally pregnant. Yeah. So yeah, Worf. She she kind of like starts zoning out, but you can still hear the dialogue from her <laughs> their coworkers. Yeah. Worf is like, we gotta kill it right away, and <laughs> and then Data's like. Well, if we do that, though, then we can't study it, yeah. which is equally kind of an awkward, cold statement. And yeah. then finally, Riker, out of all people, is like, uh, "What? what is the danger to Troy if finally we somebody let her who's, carry? Yeah. Right. <laughs> finally, somebody who's thinking about her. But <laughs> I, I got to talk about, like, one of my I, – I don't know how this line got through. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm because excited. Because I, th I think it's hilarious. Um, the beginning of the scene, though, when they're having this meeting – <laughs> Picard uh, says, well, Troy's pregnant. There's silence. <laughs> and then he continues and says, she's going to have a baby. And then Riker goes, baby? <laughs> As if it's like, yes, that's what being pregnant means. <laughs> and I'm like, who? Like, like, there's no reaction uh, when Picard says Troy's pregnant until he clarifies that it's with a baby? <laughs> As if... <laughs> She's pregnant with thought. Yes, Orla. She's, pre she's pregnant with pizza. Riker, this is how it works. She's pregnant with chocolate sundaes. Like it should it should be like Troy's <laughs> pregnant. And then he goes pregnant. But it's like right? you have to go one like, baby. Further. And I just always crack up just because I'm like, that's the most awkward way of writing that scene. That is and fucking as much hilarious. As I just gave I just gave Riker kind of credit for being the first person to be like, what are the dangers to Troy? But Riker during this scene is a complete asshole. He's a total. You said he acts like a jealous ex. Yes. I feel like he almost acts like a dad who just found out his teenage daughter is pregnant. Oh, my God. That, too. Oh, my because God. Because he is acting in such a bizarre way where I think what they were going for is, like you said, this moment where... Riker's very upset, by the way, just in case you don't know the episode or something. So Riker is like, I'm sorry, but who's the father? And Oh, my you know, God, that part. I very, was like, shut the fuck up, he's Will. He's very irritated. And I think what they were going for is the idea that Riker feels a little shocked and maybe even hurt the way. Because I think what's a, what they're suggesting that in his mind, he's like, I thought Troy and I were good friends. She's been in she's been seeing someone and I don't know about it. Like. Yeah. Why yeah. has she cut this part of like, her out of yeah. my life? With maybe like a tinge a of jealousy. Jealous. Yeah. With a yeah. tinge of jealousy, maybe of like, oh, I, I wasn't expecting to feel this way. Yeah. But he, I can understand if he was sort of like shocked, like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Like, who's who's the dad? But instead, he acts so aggressive and possessive. Yes. He is, it's upsetting. Like he's, like he's like, seriously upset with her and it's so weird yeah it is so weird like I I just think about like I think about rewriting this episode with their relationship in season seven in mind instead you know where where they're like they're they've gone through all this shit where they're like making out with other people but they still love each other and there's no jealousy <laughs> you know like that whole like very open very like uh evolved relationship and how it would have been so great because like remember this is this is the season where we don't have Bev. So like Deanna doesn't have a girlfriend. 
On yeah, the, you yeah. Know, like, Pulaski literally just walked on the ship, and this yeah. is the first thing she does is talk to Troy in a bar. Exactly. And so Deanna has no friends right now. Like, Deanna's kind of alone, yeah. so she doesn't have Bev to talk to. Like, Will is her closest friend. And if he was, like, like I know that they were trying to, like, allude to that with him sneaking in to the to sick bay but that's that didn't work like that's if, they, also if weird. from the that's fucking awful <laughs> if from the beginning he was like hey this is a lot um but like i'm your friend and i'm here for you if if they sh- if they just gave us one of larissa's favorite friendship moments <laughs> <laughs> good friend alert good friend alert or if like then like or a very a real thing would be more of a uh like if he was pissed and wanted to find out who the father was because he could see that this was affecting her in such a negative, like, like she's obviously in this scene, very still shocked and, and somewhat tra- traumatized. Oh, absolutely. Like if it was my, if, if I, it, for instance, like if it was my brother and he just found out that something like that happened to me, maybe not yeah. in an alien <laughs> aspect, yeah, 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 yeah. but he'd be like, I'm going to fucking kill him. Like, who is it? You know, yeah, like yeah. I could understand if he was more like, I just, someone did something horrible to something I cared about. And like, who right. is it? I'm going to go after them. Yeah. Like maybe they were trying to, trying to make him come off as protective, but it really does not come off that way. I wouldn't mind if he gets upset. It's just like, he's upset for a weird reason in this yeah. case, which yeah. is like, Troy is mine. And it's like, no. Yes. Yes. That's, that's what at I, least that's how they're portraying. Yeah. It. That like either of those relationships that we said, ex-boyfriend or father relationship, like in the eighties, like there would be that kind of like territorial yeah. uh, element to, to the writing of that relationship or the reaction to something like this happening. Like this feels like John Hughes, you know what I mean? Like, it feels like a dad being like, what have you yeah. been doing? And oh my I God, when you, yeah. <laughs> what is it? Paul Dooley. From yeah. Oh no, <laughs> he's Space Paul Nine. Dooley. No. <laughs> I will say this though about, I want to rewind a little bit to uh, the bar scene. Yeah, um, because I had kind of like a slightly different interpretation, although I think yours is on the ball about how like the only reason to have it in the bar yeah. is to set up this introduction to Guinan. Yeah. But um, I remember when I found out I was going to have a miscarriage. In this case, what happened was I just I went to the get my um, sonogram and they just said, we're sorry, but, you know, like you're gonna you're gonna lose this I won't get into the the details more for just efficiency I didn't want to go I didn't want to be alone yeah like or go and I realized sick bay isn't alone but sick bay is and I felt like the hospital at the time was a very like almost like cold place and it felt very medical yeah and I remember just telling my studio mates and um I'm part of like a collective illustration studio and I just told them like I just got this news I think I'm coming in and I just like got lunch and all I wanted to do was to be around my studio mates. Yeah. Um. So in a weird way, I kind of actually related to Troy being in such a public area where she maybe felt, especially if she felt not just that sort of horrible news, but like if she felt violated. Yeah. You know, she you felt probably, alone. Yeah. Yeah. Just to be like, here's people. It's low lit. Um, you know, people won't necessarily bug me, yeah. But I'll I'll be around people, like so. Yeah, I get, like it's I safer, like kind of. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm also like, are there not wheelchairs or like we can't transport? She can't just like bloop her badge and say like, I think it's time, please right? transport me to sick bay. Like, why are you walking across the ship? And 
And Dana's super strong. Why are you, you should like, just carry Troy. <laughs> carry Troy. Right? Like, why are you stumbling down the hallway by yourself? Like, right? there's no reason for you yeah. to be stumbling around alone. Like, just, just same thing. Even when Bellana's like, it's time. We have to get to sick bay. It's like, just blue. You yeah. literally have yeah. the technology. <laughs> Getting from the car to the lobby of the hospital was one of those moments where I was like, God, this is going to be a long walk. Like, you're having contraction. And I realized Troy wasn't in pain, but she was obviously, like, just uncomfortable, like, walking. <laughs> yeah. I'm so yeah. uncomfortable right now being about eight months pregnant. I can't tell you. Oh, um, I wish that there were transporters in our world right now oh, so that yes. you, could just, you could just be Bloop. at the hospital when it needs to happen. So Bloop. Oh, my God. I wish we could just bloop you to the hospital. Bloop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, me too. Um, but I noticed like Pulaski and whoever is helping her deliver the baby, there's like no scrubs. We see them so many times in Star Trek have like those weird red all encompassing yeah, yeah, yeah. robes. And I'm like, really? Not even a hairnet or some gloves? We're just going to. Okay. Nope. <laughs> nope. Not this time. Yeah. I have a lot of people I'm close with. I only want like Keith and. Maybe if I had to pick a second person, my mom, like when I give yeah. birth. But both of these episodes have a lot of like people in the room. Just like people walking in and out, just an entire security detail just there. Like Worf's face right? also. Worf's like, oh God, it's a birth. <laughs> What's going to happen? Also, now, now that I think about it, if you think about this setting up Worf's reaction to delivering molly o'brien like if if his first <laughs> experience seeing right. birth was this birth where like everything's fine and the baby just pops out like <laughs> uh, and that's informing right. his that would have been funny if he had a line about like counselor troy's was so easy this episode is just it just seems so uninformed does that make sense like as far as the writing goes like it's just like why like you didn't you don't even like none of y'all know what you're talking about <laughs> you know what I'm saying like it just it just doesn't I, yeah. seem like anyone anyone has any experience with anything even close to any of these things happening and 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 these things are not even that like the only thing that's that out that's that sci-fi is that she got pregnant by a beam of light like everything else is like she's gonna have a kid and yes. she doesn't know who the father is. And the kid grows and really fast once it's he's all, born. And the, and yeah, yeah, that's yeah, the he, only other thing. Yeah, you're right. It should be like if this was done in 2020, it would be like a very, um, that would be like a skeleton to hang like a big character episode on between her and Riker and just Troy dealing yes. with stuff. Um, it's horrible because then at the end too, we find out that he's unfortunately causing this specimen they have to like grow out of its container and it's a plague. And he's telling Troy, she's putting him to bed. Yeah. And he's like, mommy, uh, people, I can tell it's people so are traumatic. scared because he's part betazoid. He can read the feelings. And he's like, I need to go. And she's like, what do you mean? And she's like, oh my God, you're going to die. Like, <laughs> it's like the first time I rewatched this episode a few months ago, I I cried so hard and uncontrollably because watching these episodes when I was eight was one thing. And then as an adult, but now as somebody who has kids, yeah, I was just like, Oh my God, this is, (laughs) this is so painful to watch and it's heartbreaking. Yeah. Oh, it really, I almost feel like if they did this episode in today, 
that whole scene where he's the little ball of light and then he like becomes a ball of light and then he like basically telepathically tells her what his what he was doing and sort of says like hey thanks i just wanted to this is how i was going to check out humankind i better go now i'm going to miss you and and i guess she gets some sort of closure but i feel like if they were doing it in 2020 it would literally be like that would be the way the scene opens where it's like oh we have this little alien and they kind of want to know if anybody will do this for them you yeah know, and there's consent somebody has a conversation <laughs> almost like if somebody was uh volunteering to be a surrogate or something like right oh, I'll do that, right you know yeah and i mean um, that's what that's what kinda, this feels like and that's what yeah, I, I, I mean that it would be you know this this sort of the one of two examples of surrogacy then on on star trek um with kira being the other one where because she's she really is like being a surrogate for this alien and if they had framed it that way and that they had uh, allowed her to give consent it's interesting to like look at literally any media any television any movies from this time period uh and just see left and right like no you didn't get consent you didn't get consent you didn't get consent here are so many places where people didn't get consent because people weren't talking about it, you know? And now it's like consent, consent, consent. Finally, people are talking about it. So now like it just, you can't unsee it, man. Yeah. Well, and in, in, <laughs> stuff, in stuff too, like sci-fi or other genres where again, it's like, it's an alien. I think sometimes it's only in hindsight when years pass by and unless yeah. it's very obvious, it's like, oh, you're kind of in a way saying this, even if that wasn't your intention. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like subconsciously. Uh, very true. Um, absolutely. And and in in uh, DS9, there is definitely consent. So like Kira was asked. Also, she was the only one that could do it, but she was asked to do this. Yes. It's and an, she is also thanked for doing it. It's an emergency like, situation where. Yeah. Yeah, it's like they're gonna lose the baby unless unless Bashir can move it out of this. Again, I think they're in a shuttle accident of some sort. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some Keiko's sort of like they were going injured. to, yeah, Bajor, and then came. They were coming back. Keiko gets injured because a big rock or a like a a meteor <laughs> hits space the rock. runabout. A space rock. There's a space rock, and then it hits the runabout, and then Keiko gets injured, and something with internal bleeding, and then Bashir has to move the. Yes. has to move the baby out. I love the line um, is that um, there's been a change of address. And then aww. that's when, that's when uh, yeah. Kira shows the belly and explains, yeah. I think, to, yeah, what's going on. It's, um, I love, I love all of the interactions that Kira has with Keiko in this episode. Um, and this is uh, Body Parts. Yes. Now, um, I did not watch body parts of this episode, so feel free to take the reins. I kind of just did yeah. Begotten, which was the one where she actually gives birth. Yeah, where sun. she actually gives birth. And this is, I wanted to see how it happened, but, like, it's it's de it's written really beautifully. I know that they kind of also, like, were using this storyline to sort of, like, soften Kira and, like, like, make her more compassionate, make her, like, less, like, like rough, like freedom fighter kind of character in a way. I mean, they also had um, to. She was legitimately pregnant, she, and she was legit pregnant. So they were like, "Okay, we might as well just work with it." Use this opportunity, yeah. 
Um, but like, she is just so fucking lovely in this episode. And our visitor is like, so I love like her, the face she makes when she's like feeling empathy for someone is like so sweet. And I, I love it. But there's that scene where she goes in to see Keiko. And this is like the first time they've, that she's, they've seen each other since the transition. Right. And she's like, how are you feeling? Keiko's like, I'm fine. Like, I'm going to be up on my feet in a couple of days. And then there's the, there's like, it's awkward as fuck, but it's so like, it makes sense. She's like, I like, thank you so much for doing this for us. And Kira's like, well, yeah, of course. Cause like, you're my friends and like, I had to do it. And they have like this sweet moment, like between two women. That's like, so it's so fucking sci-fi because like, this is not a thing that you can do. Like, this is not a thing that happens, you know? You can't just um, move a baby after, you, yeah. It's yeah, been you in can't a womb move a baby. <laughs> it's not possible. You can plant so your, yeah, somebody else's embryo, but it has to be very, very much at the beginning. That's not how this works. Um, but yeah, back to your, back to what you're saying about Keiko and Kira kind of like checking in with each other. Um, yeah. Like, those are moments that Deep Space Nine did with this storyline that I feel like never happened with like there should have been a scene where Riker checks in with Troy. You know what I mean? Right. Um, yes, it, but absolutely. It, it's played mainly for sci-fi aspects. By the time we get to D space nine and this whole little story that spans a, you know, a, a couple of episodes, even if it's not the main focus. I mean, you see Kira come in with the like Bajoran maternity wear, which I love. It's just, Oh my like, God. I love it. Her uniform in a bell shape. <laughs> I know, I know. It's so sweet. But, you know. I'm into it. I mean, I like it. But there's layers as far as how parenting and pregnancy and all these things uh, affect the characters. In fact, if we, you know, by the time we get to The Begotten, you know, Kira obviously uh, is kind of written in a way where she's very caring and empathetic, but she never really expressed any desire to have children, which I also appreciate the fact that Kira especially in the 90s, could be so feminine in her relationships and still be a woman, but also still be just, you know, a freedom fighter or like a command, a commanding officer. Yes, like still be they, powerful. Yes, they yeah. really allowed her. And and part of that was because of Nana Visitor. Part of that was because yes. Nana Visitor would go and really fight for certain dynamics of Kira. And I didn't realize this until I kind of went into some of the notes in the background but originally they were just going to make it that Kira just gives birth and it's like, great, here's your kids. Uh, and enjoy. And just, Bye. Kind of, yeah. And mm-hmm. she, she went to the writer's room and, and really stressed that Kira should be affected. Even if she's surprised by it, that there would be yeah. some sense of, you know, loss for her. Yeah. And, yes. and then that echoes Odo's, loss when unfortunately the changeling child passes away which is like come on <laughs> we have to deal with two more two more characters dealing everyone's with everyone's just losing kids children. all the time yeah. Yeah. come on um yeah and so uh it acknowledges the start of a journey for them dealing with the loss and it's not just like the quick old wrap up even if they never really talk about it again mm-hmm. um it, it just acknowledges that they're going to be affected after this yes. 45 minute episode is up. 
and yeah yeah you know which is something that star trek doesn't do very often star trek (laughs) doesn't acknowledge that there's going to be a journey after the end of an episode normally it's like and it's done we'll we'll never talk about it again the end of the child just to go back like counselor troy is just in her seat and i'm like girl take some time off like go um for (laughs) the counselor she needs some counseling sake take some leave like where's the fucking leave everyone's like working through their pregnancies working through their trauma left and right take some time take some fucking time okay so there are two more pregnancies that I just briefly want to talk about and we don't have to spend a lot of time on them it's not a big deal um especially this one uh trip getting pregnant on enterprise like for fuck's sake um <laughs> I've seen this one but it's been forever so I, I, you might as well just yeah tell me about it. He gets pregnant from putting his hands in some granules with a, a reptilian species of called the Zerillians. They put their hands in it reminds me of the crowns and coneheads. Oh, like God. you know where they need like an, yes. an another apparatus in order to like have sex. Okay. So they they put their hands in in this like bowl of sand or pebbles and then they can read each other's minds and then all of a sudden he's pregnant and he starts growing nipples on his wrists. It's just it's like what? But it's also like okay, cool, maybe this is interesting until he just starts acting like stereotypical I woman. was about to say. I was like let me guess. It's a lot of like I'm crying, but I don't know why. And this I'm so hard. hungry, and I'm so hungry, and I yeah. just want all the breadsticks. And and engineering is so all dangerous. The like seriously, he like in a scene, he like grabs a handful of breadsticks. Oh my gosh, this sounds like is this like Junior in space, basically? Uh, yes, it <laughs> is. I kind of feel like, and and so did my friend Sarah Wolfong. We feel like this is a total cop out to like not have him carry the baby to term so he like experiences like a tiny taste of like one day being pregnant and then he's like oh thank god now i'm not pregnant anymore he's like i don't think i can handle this i don't think i can do it and it's but i have a greater understanding and sympathy Mm. now for yeah it sounds very it sounds very simplistic which yeah how i would describe a lot of the enterprise episodes yeah isn't that a shame that 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 came after deep space nine too like the fact that we just talked about how nicely that was handled and then i mean voyager came between the two as well so we have like like a whole nother thing back and then it just yeah it's just like i just like rolled my eyes the whole time it's really it's it's very very simplified oversimplified and and very (laughs) whatever so that's it we don't have to spend any more time on trip pregnant trip um whatever uh the other one (laughs) the other one I wanted to talk about is Samantha Wildman on Voyager so uh this one was on both the list that my sister sent and the list that my friend Sarah Wilfong sent um and both of them in particular were like you know feeling a lot of emotions about how in this episode Deadlock season two episode uh of Voyager that the the ship is like sort of duplicated it's two voyagers that are like out of phase with each other but they're sharing antimatter so like there's there's a lot of like techie tech sci-fi shit going on but in one of these realities uh samantha wildman loses her baby 
and the in the other one she does not so there's like you know a scene where it's like super painful she's she's just lost her child right and then on the other side Naomi is fine um this is also a full fetal transport birth so at the which beginning is what the, I wish I could for, have like for fuck's sake like why like like let's just can we just can this just be the way can this be the way um so although at first like she is giving birth vaginally she is still in a lot of pain and then all of a sudden she's like something's wrong and the doctor's like oh Naomi's uh or your baby's head spikes are uh, scratching the inside of your oh, uterus. Oh, jeez. Ah, <laughs> no. Yeah. Like, and it's like, oh, my God. What the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? Hang on. Walt. <laughs> I love how it sounds like she's, Walt should be like her grandfather, but it's her cat. Um, Sorry, where was I? I can't. Do you <laughs> okay, remember so the Okay, so we're talking about uh, Naomi's forehead oh, yeah. spikes like yeah basically in her mom's yeah. womb so my fucking issue with that is did they not have a game plan for this like why yeah, didn't, can, why did they let her start pushing why didn't can, they just beam her out I, that can i just say like even in today like 2020 like i knew from the beginning i was like yeah i had some complications my first round i don't want to risk making them worse i want a c-section yeah. And my doctor and I revisited that conversation and it, and I just told him again why I wanted it. And he's like, okay, like we have you. And he's just like, you know, got it. Well, we'll do it this date and you are scheduled at the hospital. Like yeah. that's how easy it is. We can definitely do that today. So it's so frustrating that like hundreds of years later, yeah, they can't do that. Like they can't even use a C-section if not like special sci-fi technology. <laughs> Right? Yeah, you they could just use current technology to the yes, viewer. Exactly. So it's that was confusing to me. I was like, why would you let her like you know that this thing exists. You know yes, that all this stuff is there. Why there would you even let her fucking on your baby? That should be a no brainer. But yeah, I was I I did like cheer. I was just like, fuck yeah, fetal transport, that's what's up. Like, let's do this. Like fucking do it. Um, I don't know what the complications were. I think the systems were damaged on one of the voyagers and so the transport didn't go as planned and on the so that's why uh the baby dies and on the other on the other one everything is fine there's Um, so much like just loss and babies dying babies like loss of even odo's little changeling baby i know that or lol it's like i cried so hard when i was just like wow we that Damn. episode with Lal just like makes me lose my shit. I just like I just can't handle it. It's so yeah. fucking sad. Um, but this, yeah, was it was so sad. Um, the the scene with with Samantha Wildman like finding out everything around her is crumbling and also she just lost her baby. It's like so 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 sad. Uh, <laughs> but then then like the other ship ends up getting attacked by the Vidians, so they send the baby and Harry Kim back to the other. Back to That's right. Voyager Prime. So, like, in the end, Samantha Wildman has Naomi, and but it's like Naomi from the other ship. It's and like Harry's the Harry from the other ship, and <laughs> which they probably never get into that either. Oh again. no, they like, never if- talk about that again. Yeah. So that was I. I thought that as far as like the technology aspect of that, I was like, fucking beam that baby out. I'd love that. 
Ugh, man. Like, come on. Come on. uh, (laughs) Can we just please? Like, oh, my God. That is that is the that was the moment where I was like, here's some future medicine that I can get behind. Right. Like fucking for real. What a great ending to this episode. Oh, no. Well, we have to actually end by uh, bringing up that. Uh, Catherine Janeway also was pregnant in the episode Threshold, which we yes. have already discussed. <laughs> yes, technically I was like, when is she pregnant? In Voyager, <laughs> and Larissa corrected me and said she had her little salamander babies with Tom Paris. Salamander babies. <laughs> and, and I was like, touche, you were right. Uh, yep, yep, uh, true. So, there we go. That's, that. I feel like we've covered pretty oh much gosh. everything. I do, I would love for I mean, I know you'd kind of talked about it briefly, but like, what is your like dream birth situation? If you were giving birth to your kid <laughs> in 20, in the 24th century, like what, what how, what would that how, look like? What would that look like for you? Okay. Well, first of all, there'd be some way I could still drink alcohol while pregnant. There we go. Yeah. Like that would be nice. Like, <laughs> and, 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 and we would get rid of the whole morning sickness Mm. Um, you know, there's just so many ways. I mean, like for instance, um, because my organs are being squished, I get heartburn a lot and they're like, here's this pill for heartburn. It would be the same thing. Oh, here's this, you take this and then you don't have to worry about morning sickness or something. It's like, right. Why haven't they figured that shit out yet? And then, uh, so that would be great. Like the actual pregnancy, but the actual procedure, like, I feel like it really would be well, obviously, I like the idea, too, of just, like, teleporting me to the bed in the hospital. That's yeah. nice. Instead of making these people walk around the ship, like, with their bags. <laughs> um, they still, like, pack bags. Yeah, they're walking like, around. Cru- the send an ensign to go get that for you. Right? Like, goodness. There are, um, thou- there are, like, a thousand people on this ship. You couldn't find one person to help you. Yeah. <laughs> And, and, and yeah, and I think it really would be like kind of what we, we already talked about where it's like you would go and just like Bashir, I mean, we kind of assume Bashir just literally like blooped and blooped the baby to another womb. It would just be like if you're teleporting someone out of one room into another, it would be like, we're going to take your baby out and then it would appear in this little like medical bassinet thing so that right. they could you know clean it up and take its weight and all that and that would be it i mean they could even like skip a step in there and while they're beaming you to the hospital bed Just they beam, beam, the the kid ba- out. beam the kid out <laughs> at the same time you wake up you're in the bed the baby's in the space bassinet right next to you and the everything's done bassinet. they they beam the placenta somewhere yes. right <laughs> Everything's great. Everything's great. Yeah, right. But yeah, so so all of those things, the the like getting rid of the all of the symptoms of pregnancy, allowing you to have a gl- fucking glass of wine for God's sake, <laughs> and beaming you and your baby safely to uh your places places where you can rest for a while. Yeah, yeah dude. If they can take Tuvix and like. Right? Push and pull him into different combinations. They can separate, I feel like, uh, a baby and the the parent. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. 
I'm ready for these changes. I'm ready for this technology. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, that would that would be great. So uh, I'll let you know if they've uh, in five weeks if they've come up with anything like that. Yeah. Um. Please, please let me know. <laughs> oh my God, I'm so excited for you and Keith. Thank so you. We're excited, excited too. And you know, the first time we record an episode after this, man, I'm probably gonna be a little sleep deprived, but you know, I'm gonna have my like Captain Picard, Picard Vineyard wine glass. Yes, I will. And <laughs> I don't care at- what time it is. If it's 10 in the morning, I'm gonna have something. Yes, mimosa. we will have a toast after, yes. after baby comes the next time we record, we're going to have a fucking toast in the Lauren got me uh, one of those Chateau Picard wine glasses too. So we will <laughs> Yay. we'll be cheersing each other in celebration of new baby. Yay. Yeah, like not, not to sound like a cliche about like the, you know, ah, I just, I can't drink. I wish I could have a glass of wine, but man, in 2020, and come it's on, like, I you really deserve could use it. a beer. <laughs> I am very excited for you to have your baby, and then have a glass of wine. Yay. Yay. I can't wait. <laughs> All right. Well, in that case, um, you guys be on the lookout because there probably will be an episode maybe two where we'll have a somebody be a, a guest, a guest on the show with Larissa, and I think they have some fun things to talk about. And uh, Because yeah. we here on this podcast offer – maternity leave yes exactly we're very <laughs> progressive on the show so not just paternity leave paternal leave yes just, yeah. paternity family leave as leave. well family leave uh, exactly i mean unpaid because we don't have any money but still <laughs> the insurance is not gonna cover this no, yeah, no, hospital no, no, stay no. <laughs> okay guys thank you so much for listening and you know if if you're if you and your partner are on birth control, make sure that you both get your shots. You know? <laughs> a la Cisco and Cassidy Yates. Like what the fuck? Find us in the collective at intothewormhole.show. On Instagram at intothewormhole.podcast. Into the Wormhole is brought to you by We Own This Town. I can't even see Shakar without being like, oh, it's the sex ghost. <laughs>